right, everybody. Welcome back to the Street Hockey Life podcast. It's been about uh, a little over a year now that we've been um, on the podcast. We were we've been really busy with our own street hockey rink. So, um, but we're good to be back. We're good to sort of realign with our goals for this for this particular show, if you will. Um, so tonight, Dan and I are joined by two very, very, very special guests. Uh, one that I know well, Beth Marhefka, who I wrote the USA Ball Hockey magazine on. And then um, a newcomer, Ann Gertz. These two ladies are U.S. national champions, well, world champions now, I should say. Um, <laughs> they competed over in the Czech Republic in the ISBHF Masters Division and are the first to win a gold medal. So we have a very special uh, show this evening uh, or morning, wherever you're, wherever you're watching this from. And uh, we're going to get their story and a little bit more on how they're growing the game out in their neck of the woods, which is out in uh, the Pacific Coast, which is uh, how many miles, Dan, from California to Massachusetts? I don't even know. 3,000? Maybe. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> so, but how you doing, Dan? Dan just finished his basement, so I'm going to put him on the spot tonight. Yeah, I'm doing well. I mean, we're happy to be back. Essentially, uh, we had... A long layoff, I would say, but essentially what we're going to do for this one is we're just kicking off a new season. We kind of had six episodes in the first season. This is season two, um, so a big kickoff. You know, I'm excited, particularly tonight, you know, um, every time I've been involved with this podcast, it's always been new for me. I, Kyle has really brought me into the ball hockey world um, as he's gotten to know uh, so many different people. So particularly, uh, we've spent a lot of time on the NBHL and things like that. But when you're talking about um, growing the game specifically for women and things like that, um, it's mm -hmm. particularly um, personal for me because I have, uh, you know, seven-year-old twin daughters who, you know, they've played in the Chipmunks in our own program. Mm -hmm. We've kind of been yeah. dabbling in, you know, um, we started and learned to skate this year, kind of dumped them into hockey, which was really just learning how to actually use your edge work and stuff. But it's, um, they kind of deal with not necessarily anxiety, but you know, mm -hmm. the fear, like we watched mighty ducks and I think they thought that's what they were going to be doing day one. <laughs> and so it's, 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 you know, it's fascinating kind of how they, you know, approach things, but then if they sure. stick with it, then they really love it. And then it really helps with their confidence moving forward. So, and just the last thing I'll say is they do use sticks and they immediately were, were almost the best ones out there in terms of, you know, just being comfortable with hockey sticks because how much street hockey they've played. So mm -hmm. that translated really well. And I think was, you know, really gratifying for them um, yeah. as well. Yeah. Look at, looking pretty good. Dan sent me some videos. So um not going to, uh, my girls won't get on the ice yet. They are just going to stick with street hockey for right now. So we'll, we'll see. And we built a backyard rink this year, uh, which is, we didn't have much ice at all. We had maybe five or six skating days out here in new England because of the <laughs> weather. So, um, but, uh, they did get out there and they just kind of walked on it, but they, they do enjoy the stick work and they're, I can tell they're getting more comfortable playing with, you know, especially this year when they're getting ready to go on the, the real rink that we're, it's just about done. So, but anyway, let's turn over to you guys, Beth. Yeah. Hey. Tell us a little bit about how you guys got into the game of ball hockey. I'm just going to let you guys roll whoever wants to start first. So. Beth, you want to go for it? Yeah. Yeah. I'll go first. Good. So I almost hate to admit it, but I think it was like 20 something years ago. Um, I started playing ball hockey back then. We called it deck hockey. 
Um, I was not an ice hockey player. Like I cannot skate to save my life. Like just can't do it no matter how many times I've tried. Um, I was an athlete though, growing up. So I played softball, field hockey, you know, basically all different kinds of sports. And then after college, it was like, well, now what, you know? So I started playing, I was living in Pittsburgh at the time. And I started playing in all these different adult leagues, you know, kickball and dodgeball. And I happened to play on a kickball team with a girl who played deck hockey. And she saw a field hockey sweatshirt I was wearing. She invited me to come play. She said, have you ever played deck hockey? I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. She said, you probably played it in gym class at some point. You should come and try it. So one day I showed up, I had no equipment. Like I just borrowed stuff from the people that were there and literally I've been playing ever since. So um, yeah, it was really just such a special like community. Um, right away, I loved the social aspect of it. I loved that you could be physical and I could still be like a competitive athlete. Um, but I loved that it was just a bunch of friends like getting together and playing. And um, that's still kind of what it is. It's still like a physical, athletic, competitive outlet for me, but with a group of friends and it's super social for me. So um, yeah, it's I got into it because I just wanted to keep playing like something, you know, as an adult. And here I am literally like 20 years later, still playing it. Somebody asked me the other day, they're like, well, when will you, when will you stop? And I was like, stop, why would I stop? Like, <laughs> I'll keep playing until I can't. And it's funny because I think back, there were people on that team that had to like, you know, ace bandage all different parts of their body and like put on different like, um, you know, wraps and whatever braces. And I was like, man, shouldn't they like stop playing? Cause they have to do all of this to prepare. And now that's me. I'm the one putting on like knee braids and like <laughs> icing before and after and doing all the things and like, yeah, this is normal. Like this, you know, why would I stop? So yeah, that's how I got into it. No, no hockey, like history in, or in my family at all. It was just somebody asked, I said, sure. I tried it. And like I said, been playing ever since. So yeah, I think, you know, Beth and I have talked about this a lot. I think one of the really special things about ball hockey is that there's so many different backgrounds of all the people that play. Like, it was really exemplified so well on our master's team. We had, you know, soccer players, flag football players, of course, field hockey, ice hockey. But really, it's it's so it's so accommodating and so welcoming for, for all types of mm-hmm. and. Um, I think that's just really unique of the sport itself. And you don't really find that in a lot of other sports. And and you do have people, you know, like me and others later in life getting into this and like really starting to love it and succeeding. Um, and so, yeah, my story really is very, very recent. Um, I've only been playing for a year and a half and I feel wow. so grateful that I, you know, got to go play for my country uh, last year. Um, but I, I was ice hockey hard growing up. Um, I grew up in Minnesota. So we, you know, we say we learn to skate before we can walk. And I, I truly did. And I played with the boys growing up through high school because there was no women's programming. Um, played in college at the University of North Dakota um, in a Division One program. And, um, you know, at that point, you've played for, you know, 20 years of your life or 15 years of your life. And, um, it does start to, you, you develop a special relationship with hockey. You, um, you're doing it almost every day. You're under a lot of pressure to perform and, um, some days you absolutely love it. And some days it's the last thing you want to do is go to the rink. Um, so, you know, I, I 
played throughout college um, for my four years there. And then I went actually out to Canada and lived and I played in some leagues over in Canada. They had the Western Women's Hockey League at one point and it disbanded or dissolved. Um, and then I went over and played in Sweden. Um, they have a ton of women's um, professional and you know semi-professional leagues out there. Was lucky enough to go over there and play in a couple of those leagues. Um, at first, I you know I kind of did it as something fun and because I wanted to travel and it seemed like a great way to do that. Um, and you know there was a year or two of it being fun and feeling new, and then that same feeling of like. The, the love-hate relationship with hockey started to creep in again, and I, I was just kind of burnt out on it. Um, so I was, I was there playing for like four years, ended up coming back to the U.S., landed in California, found some women's hockey program here. Um, I play with the, the Lady Ducks. We've, you know, it's adult women's. We've, like, um, national championship but it's like adult, whatever. So um, that was still, you know, we call it beer lake hockey, but it's competitive enough. We, we play against the men. Um, so I'd met through that some, um, you know, it's a lot of old division one players. Um, one of the women that played is named Molly Schaus. She plays for the U.S. women's hockey team or used to as a goalie. Um, so I got to know them pretty well. And one day she called me up. This was like June, 2021 and said, hey, there's this, this thing that I think you'd be really good at they're having tryouts in Irvine, which is really close to us here in Southern California. Um, it's called ball hockey. And I think because you love to run and you've been playing hockey your whole life, you've been great at it. I was like, uh, I don't know, Molly. And Molly's a Molly's an amazing person. And she's the kind of person where if she tells you something or, or recommends something to you, you have to kind of take it, take it to heart. And, you know, she's doing it for a reason. So it was like, well, I, I don't think about it. And I kind of asked her, like, what do I need for equipment? I, I had really no idea what I was kind of getting into or what to expect. And I actually, you know, guilted one of my ice teammates on that Lady Ducks team to come out with me to the tryout. And so this was the tryout for the national team, the USA women's national team. Um, they had a bunch of tryouts that year in different places in the U.S. I think they'd work really trying to expand their reach as well. Um, so I tried out for that. Um, we had a two-day tryout um, and my my body has never been so wrecked in my entire life <laughs> from, from running on concrete. They were putting us through like, you know, combine drills for the last day of it. And my my body was completely wrecked, but it was so much fun. And I didn't know, you know, any of the girls except for, you know, this girl I brought with me from my team. Um, and Beth was there. So she was at the second day of tryouts. And I, you know, sh she was introduced as a, a women's national team player. And we didn't really know what that meant at that time, right? We're just kind of out there for fun and to see what it is. And um, the tryout ended and um, I was like, all right, I'm done. Well, you know, that was fun. We'll see what happens. I'm going to go home and ice my shins for two weeks. <laughs> and um, I, I'm leaving the rank and I hear this like woman screaming my name. Uh, and I, you know, I like turn around, I'm exhausted and I like just want to get out of there. And it's Beth. And so this is like kind of fun, like imagery, like Beth has <laughs> To have really long hair she puts it in these braids sometimes like these like pigtail braids it's like very um like a powerful like look for her I don't know and so it, it was like I was really intimidated of her like on, on the deck and 
then she's coming up to me and like, I was like, okay, hi. And I don't know, Beth, maybe you can like tell what you said, but I don't really remember. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, Anne, I don't even know if you know this now at this point, but so Molly, who Anne mentioned, and I are friends, and Molly also happens to be best friends with one of our other Team USA um, teammates. And so Molly and I had spoke long before this tryout, and I didn't know Anne, but I was encouraging her to let people know about this tryout. So I had been asked to participate if I wanted to, um, with the tryout to help run some things. And they were doing a youth clinic afterwards. And based on like what I do with my local rank, um, they asked for us to be involved. So we showed up and we were just having fun. And right away you could tell, like, you, Anne just stood out. She just stood out for a number of reasons. And um, for me, it's really important to grow the women's game, also grow the youth game, especially here in California. So when I saw Anne walking away, I was like, I got to get to this woman and give, make sure she has an opportunity like to play. And I want to meet her and I want her to come and play with us. And so I literally just introduced myself, you know, and said, hey, you know, if you want to keep playing and you want to play ball hockey, come play with us in Garden Grove. I run a league called Pacific Coast Hockey with some of my partners. Come and play with us. Bring any of your friends, you know, and I gave her, I think I gave you my information um, where I said, I, you know, I'll get your information, mm -hmm. coach. Um, and I, I, that's so funny to hear that Anne was intimidated because I was intimidated <laughs> her watching her, you know, hockey skills out there. Um, and yeah, you looked exhausted. And I'm like, here I am yeah. running after this woman after she's like literally left it all on the, on the rink. Um, but yeah, well, we, we joke about that now. And, you know, my thoughts, because it felt very obscure to me still, like this sport that I'd never heard of. And they have a national team and there's this organization around it that seems to be legitimate. And, um, you know, we joke now that I said in my mind, like, yeah, I'm never going to see that woman in my life again. Right? You know, it's that crazy woman. That, that crazy, crazy woman. woman. Yeah. Not just that, woman, that crazy woman. So, yeah. you know, as you know, I, I don't know if Beth emailed me or I emailed her. Um, about her league, I'd gotten the call back from the national team to come to the next tryout. So I wanted to come play locally to, you know, practice before I went to this next tryout and went by myself to Garden Grove where Beth runs her Pacific Coast Hockey League. And yeah, like happened upon the most like welcoming and like unique little, um, little league that I've like ever been a part of. So um, that's how I got into it. Yeah, I guess we can maybe later get into the the world championships and stuff but um it's been a really like whirlwind and amazing year and uh you know a lot of that does have to do with Beth and her being you know welcoming and and trying to grow the game and I've kind of assumed that you know that uh that role with her and we we have kind of the same goal to do that um out here you mm -hmm. know I grew up with no options but to play men's hockey or boys hockey and it just makes such a difference if you have you know females playing and that you can can talk to and they have these role models and the women's ice hockey game is growing so much and I think we can you know we we want to leverage that and I think we can and and it's I think it's just a matter of time till we get that you know in on the street hockey ball hockey side awesome that's awesome so with with Beth chasing you down <laughs> What made you decide to say, all right, I'm going to give this a whirl? Or Yeah, I think, yeah. you know, I, it was 
um, the, the, the opportunity to play for your country is like, I feel something is, is really special. I felt really lucky to even get invited to try out for that, that national team. And I, I honestly was like, I have to do this, you know, like, and, uh, I, I, I don't think I could have made another decision. Yeah. Like I, I would have regretted it. And so, um, I went and, and tried out for the national team. Um, and of course that's different than, you know, the master's team that Beth and I play on, but I ended up, um, kind of deciding to play for the master's team instead of the national team, um, for kind of personal reasons and a little bit to do with, you know, how I wanted hockey to be fun and I didn't want it to be super stressful. And that had to do with kind of my background in, in the ice hockey and, and that relationship I had. with it. So the master's team just offered, I thought, you know, a chance to be around people more my age, have it be a little less serious. Of course, it's so competitive, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> when I met these women on, on the master's team, I mean, I immediately knew I made the right decision and, um, couldn't imagine, you know, having done it any other way. So, so what, what type, uh, you know, obviously Beth talks, talks about your, your skill in what does, what does Beth bring to the table? What's her, her specialty other than looking intimidating, um, to others, <laughs> I guess. Right with her. So, um, Beth, Beth is one of our captains on the master's team. Um, and we kind of like joke about the roles that each of our captains play. <laughs> And Beth is truly the the spiritual gangster of of the team. Um, she is the most positive person, the most inclusive person. Um, she wants what's best for everyone. And like meeting in in a minute after meeting her, you would you would know this. And I think in any sport and in life in general, those those type of people are so rare to come by and to have that person you know, on your side, supporting you and leading a team is, is just, it's, it's so rare. Um, Beth, I think, you know, there were times when up until the tryouts and even this year that Beth and I, you know, we talk personally and she questions whether she should be on the team and like, okay, Beth isn't on the first line or, you know, the, the all-star out there, but what she brings in, you know, bringing the team together and, and positivity and support and all of this stuff that you can't, you know, name and put stats to is so, so important. And that's, that's what she brings. And I ask for a better teammate or like friend now being Mm -hmm. that because of that. Yeah. How how close do you guys live to one another as well? We're like 20 minutes without traffic is what without we in Southern California. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of it. So we're, um, cl- we're close. We, yeah, we've gotten like, um, really close, you know, we've, we've had to travel a ton for the master, the U S team, be, you know, for going out, we have to go out East all the time for camps and such. Yeah. Um, yeah. so we got really close and it's, yeah, it's really cool. You know, that's a really like bonus side of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, Honestly, Beth was a big reason that I decided to play on the master's team instead of the the, the national team. Um, I would have been the only one out in California on the national team flying out there all by myself with, you know, being on team with 25-year-old women and it would have just been a whole different experience. And again, yeah. that's what I was looking for something different in life at this point. That's, that's awesome. I mean, what I can relate to you guys, uh, Danny and I, we started a tournament 
back in 2018 to raise money for the rink that we we are currently almost finishing up. And uh, our treasurer at the time said, well, why don't we make it an Ironman tournament? And we're like, well, what mm -hmm. does that mean? So um, we're like, yeah, let's do it. You know, so we had we had six teams. Was it six teams, Dan, in the first year? I think we did. I remember six or seven, yeah, six or seven. And what we did is, you know, our treasurer designed it because he had more experience with with Ironmans, and uh, we played at a, an ice hockey rink where they took the ice down uh, in the summer. So we scheduled this out, and um, it probably was around 150 feet, maybe 160, maybe a traditional, because yeah. we weren't going to run the 200 feet like you guys do. In an <laughs> um, and Danny and I played and um, I was in worse shape back then than I am <laughs> now, but yeah, like I couldn't even move the next day. It yeah, was brutal, it's, you know, it's, so. it's amazing how your body like yeah. gets used to it though. Like I go out now and we'll play three games on a Sunday, but like yeah. Yeah. running yeah. on concrete when you haven't done it really ever, I mean, you run elsewhere, but like, it's, it's, it's a hard sport on the body. Um, it sure is. Out. Like it is pretty, pretty aggressive. We have we we don't have like deck material at Beth's rink. We play on concrete, so it's the body's used to it now. Who, who knows what it's doing to my knees? Though, right? <laughs> Where is there uh, plans in the uh, to get some tile or surface, Beth, at some point? Or yeah, yeah, we're actually in process right now of um, raising the funds. We're working yeah. with a nonprofit called Empower Play. Okay. And basically with them and their partnership, we'll be putting in two brand new ranks. Um, nice. We're looking at later this year, hopefully, if everything comes through the way it's supposed to. So yeah, they'd be two brand new, like state-of-the-art tile, no more concrete. Um, <laughs> yeah, so everybody's super excited for that. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That was one of the questions when I, uh, you guys know, Alessandra Glista, any, you know, mm -hmm. and um you know, when we first had a conversation back during COVID times, uh, right when the pandemic started, she's like, are you going to, you going to have a surface up in Gloucester? And I said, yeah, of course. You know, um, one of the big things I was having a conversation with, um, uh, not Anthony San Rocco, but Matt, uh, Stry, I don't, can't say Matt, he's going to be on the, yeah. thank you. Yeah. You guys know Matt. He started uh, NBHL Boston, which is tier three. So Danny and I have our North Shore Assassins joining that league. And of course, I was approached by some people in Boston saying, how do you go about getting tile on those surfaces? And I said, well, you know, I don't know the answer to that because you have to mm -hmm. talk to the city of Boston. And there's mm -hmm. uh, some people think Danny and I live in Boston. We, we are very much on the suburbs. Um, but it's definitely something what we like about it is knowing that there's a kid out there that just has a fancy stick that wants to be able to use a stick. He can actually go on the rink, not yeah. worry about tearing it up on the concrete. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um, and I, and it is Danny and I, we were kind of trialing these, uh, tiles. We went to Lemonster and Fitchburg and, uh, we just, we were like, yeah, this is a lot softer than running on concrete or even, even <laughs> asphalt. So, yeah, uh, I think I awesome spent, guys. I think I spent more money on, on hockey sticks in ball hockey than in ice Probably. hockey like yeah because we grind them up on the concrete um so yeah any any uh warrior or rep out there if you want yeah. to give me some sticks <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely so with with pacific coast hockey i know you had wanted Beth to be the premier of the program how's it going right now how are you growing the sport with the different partnerships can you talk a little bit about that 
Yeah. Um, so we're definitely growing season on season. Um, we've implemented women's clinics, youth clinics. Um, we partner with, like I mentioned, Empower Play. We have a great relationship with the Ducks. We also have a great relationship with the Kings, which is really nice because in Southern California, there's a, you know, there's plenty of fans of both. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's challenges. I mean, there's challenges everywhere when you're trying to start something new. Like there are women all across the country that I've spoken to and that I'm, you know, in communication with on a regular basis who are trying to, to start women's specific leagues, um, which is one of our goals out here for Pacific Coast Hockey. Um, but it's a slow go. It really is. Um, right now, Pacific Coast Hockey has multiple divisions, multiple leagues, um, but it's all men and women playing together. It's not even technically co-ed where there are yeah. rules and restrictions around like how many women need to be on the, on the ice. Um, so it's great from a training perspective, you know, we get to, to play with the guys, um, but it's not always, I think, what as many of the women would want. Um, you know, a lot of, it, it's different when you're playing just with women. So as far as what PCH is up to, um, we're doing what we can. We feel really strongly that when we get the two ranks, that's going to draw a huge crowd mm -hmm. um, and really help us to, to grow the game, especially with kids. But um, we also have summer camps this summer that we're putting um, that we're putting out there for the youth, which will be super um, exciting. But um, yes. yeah, there's there's all kinds of partnerships happening. There's all kinds of movement happening. But again, it's it's happening probably slower than I would like. But um, but you know, uh, my one of my partners in the in the endeavor said to me the other day, you know, in 20 years when this thing is huge and it's what mm -hmm. we envision and dream of it to be, is this extra year or two going to really make a difference? And and the fact is no. Like you just do what you can every day to put something into it to try to to try to grow the game and make it more accessible. So that's what we're doing. And um, yeah, I mean, it's still our goal to be the premier ball hockey league and hopefully not the only one. Um, I, I was listening um, to one of your original podcasts not that long ago with Anthony, where um, yeah. Anthony San Rocco, where we were talking about the NBHL or you guys were talking about the NBHL and I totally you know, would love, like right now, for example, where the Pacific Coast Hockey is the home of the California division of the NBHL, um, would love it if there was a San Diego division, an Orange County division, an LA division, a San Francisco division, and then we could all compete for like the state cup and then send one representative, you know, or something yeah. like that future yeah. for the NBHL. Um, that's part of the dream is to make it that big. And really, there's no reason that it can't be. So like I said, I, I played in Pittsburgh, I played in Philly, and when I moved out here, I couldn't believe the lack of opportunity to play. Um, so it's still part of our mission to really like create that opportunity for people because I don't think it's a lack of desire or willingness or wanting. I think people just don't even know that it exists as yeah. an option. Yeah. Um, so part of what I love about Anne's story, you know, here she was not enjoying hockey and found ball hockey, didn't even know it was a thing after all these years of playing. And now, you know, loves it. And um, so, you know, I think there's so many examples out there. Like Ann said, we have women who played all kinds of other sports that came and now are part of our, our U.S. team. And I think it's a lot about just getting the word out there, you know, like creating awareness for men, women, youth, parents, you know, this is an option and it's available for people at a much more like accessible, I mean, we all know, right, much more accessible financially and um, time-wise, you know, um, for people to play. So yeah, we're doing what we can. What, um, this is sort of curiosity to, you mentioned like the, the Kings, 
and what was it what's the other team out there what, the ducks Jeez. yeah was it, was it the kings is the ducks well who else is out in california Shocks, yeah. See, I can't. Yeah, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know my geometry. I, I, geometry. <laughs> geology. What is? What's the word I'm looking for, Dan? Geography. Geography. I don't know California. Thank you, guys. Just read the teleprompter that we don't <laughs> So early onset Alzheimer's, and maybe that's what I have. I don't know. Um, what's the? I mean, I mean, for you, Anna, you come from a cold weather state like we do in New England, where the Bruins are a priority, and you know, you get the you get the wild out there but yeah what's what's ice hockey like where you guys are is it like are, are there is there a mad following for these nhl teams or for, for ice rinks what is that i i think yeah like? i mean i definitely see that the fan following you know for the nhl teams um but i think just by function of of the weather and they people have the ability to play other sports all year round so, you know, whereas in, you know, the Midwest and the East Coast, we've got a hockey rink in every every town um, because that's what we'll do in the winter. You know, that there really aren't as many rinks around here. And so it's just because there's other things that people can do. So, you know, I play in a league in Irvine, which is like 20 minutes away. And um, it's it's a men's league and there's five divisions and it's very, you know, well there's a ton of people in it um yeah but yeah no women's leagues and it's yeah it's just not as popular uh, out here as it is you know in the midwest southeast but I, I and i don't know if i see that changing i think and i don't think that necessarily means that that doesn't that doesn't translate to ball hockey not growing i think you know like we've said because ball hockey is so you know it's so transferable from so many other sports and it, it can be an off-season sport or whatever i think um I think the, the NHL teams and that that crowd base fan base is something we we are trying to leverage and have, but I think there's a lot of other avenues as well, like mm -hmm. just limited to that. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. yeah. We, I mean, I remember this is this was on ESPN many many years ago because I was a teenager. Um, but I, you guys might remember it is that pro beach hockey where remember they oh, would, yeah. they would skate and they'd have a ramp in the back. No. Okay. No, I don't remember. No, that. <laughs> they would play. It, it was roller hockey, but they would have these. It, it was the strangest thing. It was a variation of roller hockey where you know you you could see the beach in the background. I'm not crazy. I try. No, no, no. Okay. I know I there's a be, rink. Yeah. I know there's a rink real be. close to one of the the beaches that, and maybe it was like retrofit from that. But yeah, you mentioned roller hockey. Like roller hockey is huge out here. So okay, I mean, it seems like that maybe those are the people that maybe would be playing ball. Maybe that's a you know, everywhere else, yeah. uh, but tons yeah. of roller hockey, which yeah, is, is I've never done that either. And that, that seems like that's way less accessible than like, let's get it's running shoes. on. I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to even attempt roller hockey. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I would like to find a picture of this now because there was a ramp. <laughs> okay. I, I kid you guys not. There was a ramp behind the net where they would literally skate up and it was just a variation of roller hockey. I'm like, mm, I've never seen this before. <laughs> So it sounds like I, a it sounds like roller hockey meets like a skate park. It kind of like that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah like it a kind of did. I mean, I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna worry that people are gonna say this, <laughs> this guy is so full of it. I mean, I can't. I'm saying 
geometry. Put it in the I show need. notes. You'll, yeah. you'll find it. <laughs> well, yeah. oh, funny because you know, Kyle has mentioned wanting to switch different um, podcasting like options than Zoom so that he can display things. <laughs> podcast, and now here he is. Oh, Dan, pull that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We believe okay. you, Carl. Yeah, thanks. Thank that you, guys. I, 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 I'm like, I swear I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I, I didn't dream this up. Maybe I mean, I hey, did. maybe you're stumbling on something amazing here. I, I maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> I, I mean, they, they used to, I again, on ESPN, I, you know, they used to, roller hockey is always one of those areas that when you say street hockey, people are like, oh, you mean roller hockey? And right, like, no, yes. No, these are different. There's different variations of the way the game can play um and i don't know if you guys have seen them but have you guys seen the the floor ball floor ball hockey i think it's called floor ball hockey floor ball yeah floor ball, you floor know, ball yeah you get yeah. that so i mean our kids our kids in our in our summer league they'll bring out those you know floor ball hockey yeah, sticks okay. where they're funny. you know you know look they're, yeah. you know they're doing the michigan behind the net and it's yep. like i'm like i don't know if this is real or not but i mean <laughs> wait till we get to our rink i don't know if these are allowed so <laughs> yeah um but again, you don't want to, I, I don't, we don't want to discourage the creativity either of those kids either, you know. Totally, that's yeah, been, yeah. That's always been Whatever important. Whatever you want. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I find this guy, we'll show you guys. I want <laughs> I just hope I didn't dream this up um, as I get older. But you guys, you guys mentioned the NBHL. So, Ian, are you playing in the NBHL with? Yeah, with? We, I mean, we played last season um, for the first time together. We had a team in the division three beth that's right right oh, God, yeah. yeah tier three three yeah tier three. um tier three. tier three and we we beth had this grand vision which i was totally behind and, and we tried to make it happen of getting a mostly women's team in of course it's all it's a it's not a women's division out here it's it's, it's all men. you know okay. there's a few women dispersed on some of the other teams but it's all men other than that um, so we, we collected this, you know, awesome group of women. We had some women from San Diego that play in the leagues down there, a bunch from Orange County and a few, few guys as well. Um, and we did okay. Um, I don't know. We ended up maybe lower half of the, the season or in the standings. Um, it was, yeah, a, a really cool experience because it, it feels a little more structured than the, 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 the Tuesday night leagues that we play at best, best rank. Um, get to play against other people that we haven't played against and it's just it just it was like a higher level of of hockey than we've been playing so it went well I think um we're we're putting together a team this year we have um we didn't really go for the women only women route we did mm -hmm. kind of put us at a disadvantage you know naturally which was a little frustrating but all good um so yeah we're we're getting our team together for this next season and where yeah. my goal is to be the first woman to play in the um, MBHL championship in the like men's division. So awesome. yeah, would um, that's what we're going for this year. So Carl and Dan, we'll see you guys there. We'll see you in New Jersey. <laughs> Our teams will meet up. Sorry, we'll we'll beat you. Yeah, <laughs> Wait, what? You, so you guys play on a, a tier three team? We, we, so Dan and I, uh, were asked by Matt, who, sorry, Matt, that I didn't pronounce your name correctly. I, uh, obviously need to see the name too, clearly. Um, but, uh, yes. So we were asked, put a team in, um, we have a group of guys that are local to us that we've known for, you know, 15 years, 18 years, whatever it is. And then we have some free agents that we picked up and, um, 
we'll see what happens. I cool. Well, maybe would, we'll meet you <laughs> out there in Marvel. We'll, we'll see. We'll see for sure. I mean, I don't even know if we'll make it out of our own division, Dan. I don't know how you feel, but uh, yeah. Know. Well, we can't. You Get can't really it. predict because of the people like we, there's a kind of core group of guys that if we could get, you know, them together, we could maybe be competitive, even though we never struggled to actually have like friends who are goalies. So that's always a challenge. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's really like we really the only experience of playing ball hockey, you know, for us is is in our own league in yeah in Gloucester yeah. that we ran or we put in a team um, in a tournament in Fitchburg. But that was a similar situation. We had a few core guys and then we picked up a bunch of kind of odds and ends from other teams who maybe they weren't good enough. So then they gave them to us and we had enough of a team. <laughs> but then you ended up like really just being all over the place where we <laughs> kind of competitive, but then kind of yeah, struggled. Yeah. And it's a lot. It is a big shift, you know, from, yeah, from ice hockey. Is. It takes a while to kind of start to say, oh, that's, you know, how it's more, almost more like basketball or boxing yeah. out or different things like that. Because yeah. I'm a defenseman traditionally and things like mm -hmm. that. So I've played enough now that I've gotten a lot more used to it and things like that. But um, this will be nice for us to finally play on a consistent uh -huh. basis other than just like shooting around outside waiting for this one tournament that we put on. <laughs> that's exciting that's awesome yeah. for you guys yeah 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 it's yeah it's, cool. yeah, it's uh, the hardest part for our group is getting them uh out of their comfort zone to <laughs> get them to get them to play sometimes um our treasurer is actually in florida and i uh, grew up in gloucester where we grew up and um he plays he worked for disney and uh so he plays mbhl he plays all year round down in florida and mm -hmm. uh like he's a good guy to mobilize everybody too. He's he's because you know Danny and I are a little bit older than some of these guys, which is which is fine. But uh, I'm excited for it. it. Like Danny said, it will be more consistent uh, yep. playing. Um, yeah. I, you know, we know some of these guys. Uh, we've we've seen them at the the tournament that we played in at the. Uh, you guys probably might have heard of it, the Outdoor Classic, which is in Fitchburg, Mass. Mm -hmm. We we know some of the guys that are going to be out there playing. So. I think it's a perfect level for us. It, it, what's impressive to me, though, for Beth and Ann, I mean, me, the first tournament I ever played in was North Americans and the Novice. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I was like, these guys are so fast. They're so yeah. quick. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going to, you know, my brother, I think we could stick handle fairly well from the, from yeah. the years of playing ice. Yeah. But the quickness, the speed, yeah. being able to run with the ball, totally. even a straight yeah. line, totally different. Oh, totally man. different. So yeah. for you to just go out there and make that team, pick it up, mm -hmm. I, I give you so much credit because I'm like, you know, uh, it's just, it, it's a transition. And, and oh, a lot it totally of, is. A yeah. lot of I our mean, kids are just, you know, they're like, if we had our skates right now, we could beat everybody. And I'm yeah. like, well, yeah. we're not playing that game. So yeah. we got to yeah. play, you know what I mean? So yes. well, it's one of I the mean, struggles of having, <clears throat> we were talking about, you know, do you draw from people that are hockey players or hockey yep. fans, but it's kind of a challenge because you end up with kids that either are completely dedicated year round to hockey or yes, you have the misfits 100%. that we have <laughs> where, yeah. you know, you take the hockey kids, you put them on to, you put them in, you know, the, um, into a, you know, U14 tournament and they're running around with like real shin pads from their hockey. I saw <laughs> <laughs> and they can't even bend yeah. their knees. And you're like, what yeah, are we yeah, doing? Yeah. 
yeah <laughs> learning curves steep in yeah steep yeah down. no i steep. i the the transition was was difficult and it still is like carl you say like running down the the deck with a ball straight it is very difficult very. It, it, it's a totally different movement and like body placement than ice hockey and yes i mean we when we were getting ready for the tryouts for the the national team, Beth and her partner Kevin, who run PCH, yeah. they ran these little like you know Sunday kind of mm-hmm. um, clinics with us to get ready. And like one of the things I was like, can we just run down the rink with a yeah. ball? Like I can't do it. It's like it's yeah. it's hard. You're you're doing. I can do all the other things when I'm like standing or in the corner, but to like run with the ball and run at speed. I still look at some of like the, the people that do that in awe. And yes, like Dan, you mentioned how fast it is. Um, like when I went to the the national team tryouts, it's just shocking how fast these, these players that have played are, that have played for a while. Um, and yeah, that doesn't come easily and that doesn't come quick, no matter how well you can run or fast you can run. It's just such a different, you know, type of thing that you never do in any other sport. So Yes, I've had those growing pains fully sympathize. Something though that's awesome about it is like so Anne, I can remember that very first clinic when when it was like all the women, we had all the women running with a ball down the rink. And every single one was like, I just touched the ball going down and back for a longer period of time than I do in total during a game. So it's like, but you can yeah. literally do that in your driveway. You can yeah. do it in your hallway. Yeah. Like you can do it out in your, you know, in your street. So part of what I love about it is like literally anybody can do it almost anywhere. Like mm-hmm. um, sure. I, we have a stick and, and a ball in our gym, like, and we basically like in between sets will like stick handle and I have tennis balls and I do different like hand-eye coordination stuff. And so it's like, I'm like ice or roller where you have to be on your skates part of what I love about ball is you can like literally do it anywhere so yeah the transition it's like we hear all the time from people that come over from ice they're like oh yeah like this is the hardest sport I've ever played because yeah. I'm just not yeah. used to the running yeah. um, but if you can mentally get past that it'll probably be like your favorite thing to do right like I think yeah. all of us have experienced that so that is the like uh, like I've tried very hard to get all the women I play ice with to, to come play and they've played for like a tournament, you know, I can convince them to come play for a weekend on a tournament, but like really none of them have played, come play and played in a league. And they say like, I can't run. I don't want to run. And like, they, they, they really think that's like the main thing. And it, and it is obviously a big part of it, but like, you don't have to be like the most in shape runner to play it. Right. Like there's so much more than that, but that, that's a struggle we've had is like, trying to get people mentally past like the running issue it's so it's so funny to me because I'm not a runner like I I hate running like I've, I've tried all my <laughs> sure. life to become a runner and I hate it but I joke I'm like give me a stick and a ball and I'll run right all day it's like right. I forget yeah. that I'm running you know but um but yeah it's um it's definitely that's that's a big challenge I think um just overcoming that that running like yeah of running yeah. That's that's what Danny um Danny's very good at keeping um you know like a lot of a lot of my a lot of my stuff that we go through. He's he's the guy that keeps me in check too and says, Yeah, we gotta modify this, you know, because I'm can be a dreamer and off in La La Land sometimes. And so when we had the chipmunks going, um yeah, I'm roller hockey guys. <laughs> <laughs> the roller hockey guys, yeah. When we had the chipmunks last year, remember our daughters play in this, Dan's son, you know, so 
I'm used to coaching the nine to 15 year olds. I'm just, just my, I'm just more comfortable. The older the player is, the more comfortable I am because I feel like I can relate to them a little better. I don't have a ton of patience with, <laughs> it sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is like he, he said, you know, when we do a drill, let's just get the, the chips to just, just run with the ball mm-hmm. because they can't, they can't even stick handle yet. Just, just get them to yeah, just, yeah. just try to go in a straight line. Yeah. And I'm like, let's do it. Because <laughs> here in my head, I'm like, all right, we got combs. We can get them, you know? And I'm yeah. like, they just, and so it was, it's, he's great about seeing, we're assessing the skill level and mm-hmm. modifying it um, in that sense. Because even, even now, like we're going to have a big transition this, this coming spring and summer where a lot of kids that played on a basketball court or they played on a tennis court, you know, you're you're gonna have to run 160 feet, and you're gonna be able to. And he, Danny, says it the best. He goes, you know, the ball always moves faster than you do. Yeah. You know, so always head man in the ball. Yeah. Um, and that's a great point. So the days of our kids just firing it from like in a basketball court's only 90 feet. So you know, the firing and scoring 90 feet is, you know, <laughs> hopefully those are limited, but you guys are absolutely right. It's it, It's been a transition for me. And there's a lot of humility to that too. And I think kind of to your point, and, you know, you mentioned the love hate with the game. You know, we talked offline about this. I definitely had that. I had a tremendous amount of expectations for myself. Yeah. And I, it, you know, if I could go back and talk to the, you know, the 15 year old kid in me, I would say, <laughs> listen, just, just, just play the game. Yeah, the way you're meant to play it, enjoy it. You don't need to yeah. be Bobby Orr. You yeah. don't need to be Wayne Gretzky, or you yeah. know, you don't need to be that. And I think that's what draws me a little bit to ball hockey is the fact that I don't have those expectations. Totally. Just, I'm going to yeah. go out there and have a good time with it, and I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to get my brother and I are six years apart, getting to play with him, passing yeah. the ball. That yeah. that means probably more than uh, things like that. So yeah, I no, I I totally that. agree. Um, I think I, I know for myself, and I don't know if you can relate to this, like when I played my best ice hockey, it was when it was like totally for fun, right? You're going out there with your friends and, and there's zero pressure. And I think what, yeah, what ball hockey and what, you know, even the, the USA team, the master's team has provided is there is zero expectation on me to do anything. You know, I've been at this for a year. Yeah. It's so refreshing to go in there and, and have, and it's always you, what the expectations you put on yourself, right? No one else is, is really has those, but to go in there, no expectation, it, it just really allowed me the freedom to like have fun for God's sake. That's right. Cool. Like, with it, and that's when I do my best. So it's, yeah. I couldn't ask for more thought, like of like that kind of thing through this sport, like that provided me so much. Excellent. So I, I, I want to hear about Dan. Dan and I've talked about this. Is like I've given him information. We've been in Maine with my with our dad, and we've watched on YouTube IHBHF tournaments. So we've spent time watching the men's men's team play. But for the Masters, what's the process like from from the tryout to the camps mm. to raising money to going there? What does this process look like? So we all have a better idea. Hmm. Tough one. Beth, why don't you go? Beth, so Beth has obviously yeah. been in, involved with it for a lot longer. I think she's been to three or four Masters tournaments. So nice. yeah. yeah, take this one to start and I'll chime in. Yeah, I'll I'll share a little bit about kind of the, the upfront process and then maybe, you know, yeah, join in. So um, yeah, like Anne said, I have been on 
four teams. So I've seen, um, you know, since 2016, I think was my first, the first team that I played on. Um, the process is pretty similar through, through the years, but I will say there were some major differences last year and this year that I'm noticing. But, um, but like the general process is basically, you know, typically the tournaments are every other year. So about a year before there are tryouts. Um, usually it's an evaluation. And then from the evaluation, you're invited to try out. Um, you know, there's a tryout over the course of a weekend. It's usually somewhere on the East Coast. Players are evaluated and then, you know, they name the team. Um, what's interesting is like the team is never the same. Like from the team that they name from the beginning to the team that plays, um, it's never the same identical team because all kinds of things happen during the course of like that year. So you, the, the tryouts, um, usually start anywhere from 12 to nine months before the actual tournament. So once the team is named, then there's a number of camps. Um, and because the team is coming from all over the country, um, you know, travel's involved and you have to pay for that travel and you have to get time off of work and time away from your families yeah. and your kids and, you know, all of the, all of the things that life entails. So typically they're not mandatory. It's really challenging to tell 22 mm -hmm. women that you have to be at three to four camps over the course of a year and then play in a tournament that's a week long and all the all the expenses and everything that goes along with it. So um, you know everybody has always done their best. Um, for the first two teams that I was on, I was the only player coming from the West Coast. Everybody else was on the East Coast. So I had a lot of financial barriers um, and time constraints that kept me from being able to go back for all the camps, which obviously that's, you know, not ideal. Like you don't get to spend as much time with your teammates. You don't have the, the strategy, you don't have the bonding, you know, if you're not able to be there. So I think that was something that was really different for our team last year was the majority of the women and the players were able to be at the majority of the camps. And so it really allowed us to mm -hmm. bond and to come together as a team and to, you know, just all those sort of intangible things that really, you know, a team needs to succeed. Um, so the process, yeah, it's basically, you know, tryout, team is named, you go to as many camps as you can that are usually in um, different places, typically yeah. on the East Coast. Um, and then you travel to where you're going. And there are times um, where not last year's team, but in the past where the entire team hadn't actually played together before the tournament, before getting to Banff or Bermuda, wherever we were, that, you know, the team was like, oh, hi, my name is, you know, and so that's a really <laughs> different course. experience. Um, and then you're coming together over the course of that, you know, three, four, five day tournament. Um, but last year, last year's team, almost everybody made it to almost every camp. We actually all came together and said, hey, is there a way that we can get an extra camp in <laughs> before yeah. we go? Because we just wanted, we, we wanted to be together. We wanted that extra practice time. Um, and so, yeah, we weren't actually having to use the tournament as our time to <laughs> re-gel, figure out how each other plays. We had kind of already, already mm -hmm. done that, which was really helpful. Um, so that's sort of what happens leading up to the tournament. Um, gotcha. Yeah. That's helpful. So, and then how do you guys... Rest, Beth. Yeah, do you want to talk about the actual? Oh, sorry, Carl. Go yeah. ahead. Oh, go what'd, ahead. You, what'd you ask? 
I was going to ask, how do you guys raise money for it? Or is that more like the individual team players are doing this or is USA ball hockey doing this? Yeah. So we, we are, you know, we do pay all of our expenses. Um, it is really up to the individual players to raise money in, in whatever ways they can. Um, USABH has, you know, funding, I guess, a funding structure where, you know, the, they are a nonprofit. So there's, yep. you know, better, better avenues to, to if you have like a large sponsor. Um, we didn't have any really large sponsors last year for the Masters team. I don't know if the national team did, but um, that is one thing that Beth and I are really trying to focus on this year is getting, you know, a more substantial sponsor. Um, but, you know, we put a ton of effort in fundraising on our own, too. Um, Beth and I have run a uh, a tournament here at her rink. Um, mm -hmm. We can rent the rink for free and do that. Um, we we do, you know, we did Super Bowl squares to raise money. And it's, it's really, really is like it's people scraping by with whatever they can come up with to raise whatever money. Um, <laughs> And it is expensive. And, you know, Beth and I are traveling from the, the West Coast always to the East Coast um, for camps and such. So, so yeah, it is a, it is a bit of a burden. Like, luckily we, we have the means to do it, but, you know, some, some people, and I think there, there are definitely people that may, may be wanting to play that can't because of the financial, you know, burden. Um, so we're really trying to, you know, change that and help, help out so we can get the opportunity equal for everyone. Yeah, it's, um, you know, USABH is a relatively new organization, even though we've had national teams going to play in these tournaments for years as an organization, they're still new. And so, you know, working on funding, I know that's a major goal, not just for Ann and I, but for a lot of players and members of USABH leadership. So um, it's, I think it's really important to not just look at this from a like, fundraising, like what can we do to fundraise, but future looking of what can USABH and all of the teams do for real sponsorship? Um, because yeah. there are women, there are women and girls, and I'm sure across the men's teams as well, um, players that don't even try out or try out, get named to the team and then can't go because yeah. their family can't afford it. They can't afford it. They're putting a financial burden on their, you know, in their relationship. So um, we don't ever want that to be um, that burden to be such. So we do all kinds of things. We have some really fun fundraisers. Like Ann said, we're always looking for sponsors. Um, but there's definitely, I mean, you guys can imagine from the travel to camps, there's, you know, there's the actual tournament and what the cost is of the tournament and playing in the tournament. And then there's all the stuff that comes ahead of time. So, you know, even, even paying to try out, you know, so yeah, it's a real yeah, commitment sure. and dedication um, but that's also part of, I think what makes it special because you're yeah. really committing to being yeah. part of this on so many different levels. Yeah. Now the, the camps, do you feel like you guys get your, you know, your butt kicks, butt kicks over those couple days and then it's, or is it more of like getting the team ready strategically? Oh. Yeah. I, I yeah. think the latter, um, the latter. they, they know, and like, we know if we don't train, you know, the cardio and that kind of training on our own, we're going to be screwed when it comes to, <laughs> okay. when it comes to the tournament anyway. So the coaches really, really, they make that clear. And I think everyone knows it, that you've got to do that, that off ice, you know, off ice, so that cardio training on your own, you really do spend the time at the camps doing strategy, doing, you know, plays set up, you know, what, what floor check are we going to run? Um, you know, what I thought was super, uh, 
you know, I guess unique and like really appropriate for the, the camps we did last year with the master's team is um, the coaches really, really emphasize the, the social aspect of the camps and getting to know each other. And we, we spent just as much time, you know, doing ice breaking, you know, if, things, which as corny as it sounds, um, were literally just as important, if not more important than this time we spent on the ranks, you know, mm-hmm. doing so um, it's, it's both, but yeah, we're, we're doing mostly strategy and, and bonding. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. When, when I, I would say, I would say as somebody who's uh, older than Anne, that, um, I definitely go home <laughs> exhausted and needing some maybe extra Epsom salt baths. Um, <laughs> but we all, I mean, we put in, we put in the work for sure, oh, yeah. Yeah. but you know, yes, there's so much, like we all, the coaches say it all the time. It's like, we all have been around this long enough that like, we know what we need to do and you'll know right away, like camp day one, like you'll know if you're not in shape to, to play and the coaches <laughs> will know it and your teammates will know it. And then you come back to camp number two, it, <laughs> better, right? So it's real, uh, real social shame motivated. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what kind of training have you found that is most effective in terms of keeping you prepared to be able to you know run those distances and things like that because I think in a sense that's an area where you know we not that we've struggled but in terms of preparing for say the NBHL and things like that like I spend a lot of time more on the endurance side or running or doing like orange theory with my my wife and that kind of prepares us because we've transitioned from sports to more like you know triathlons and Uh marathons and stuff but then you know, are you guys running wind sprints and putting parachutes on the back or is it like, <laughs> what's the formula? I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think he's asking for the secret sauce. I, okay, I okay. Yeah. yeah. So, well, so I think, I think... that's going to cost him. <laughs> <laughs> we can't give away all our secrets. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, what Beth and I joke all the time, you know, there's nothing mm-hmm. um, training for ball hockey, like ball hockey, like really you, you need to be on the rank twice a week minimum to keep that endurance over a period of time. I've, I've been off for two weeks now and I'm like have anxiety about going back. Cause I know my cardio just over those few, you know, mm-hmm. weeks not be the same as it was, you know, if mm-hmm. I'm every, you know, every week, twice a week. Um, so that's, I think the biggest thing I, I do a lot of, um, trail running here. So, um, elevate at, ele- you know, going up elevation and, and kind of high intensity stuff. Um, we have, Beth has a really amazing trainer that her and I both, um, go and see who's kind of a wizard with the body and, and keeping us healthy. So we've got our little toolbox of things and yeah, I don't, Beth does some other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we've all done it. It's like, you do the sprints, you do the long distance, and then you go play hockey and you're like, how am I still tired? Right? Like (laughs) no matter what you do, it's, it's different. But, um, you know, I've noticed as I've gotten older that it's not for me as much about like, I don't have to kill myself with cardio. I have to do like the right amount of cardio, but for me, especially like when we're playing against the guys, um, I do a lot of like core and lower body stuff to stay strong, you know, and a lot of explosive type movements. Um, I find that I, I, it makes a huge difference in my game. Um, but yeah, it's, it takes two weeks to lose your cardio. 
So if you go more than two weeks without playing hockey, you're probably going to feel it. But I love people are always like, oh, I got to get in shape and then I'll come play. And it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> come play. And that and would be part of it. what gets you in shape, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's also motivation. Like when you're sucking wind, you're, you remember that and you're like, I better do my cardio and my lifts, like all the, the workouts this week. So um, personally, Dan, I think it's not about like one thing specifically. I think it's about, this is just my opinion finding like what you like, what you enjoy, yeah. what works for you. And I think different positions and different body types and different like styles of play need different, um, different workouts. Our trainer watched us play and he was like, oh my God, I'm changing everything. <laughs> he was like, I'm changing everything. And I know exactly what you need. He's like, but what you need Beth and what Ann needs are two different things. So, you know, based on like what our strengths are and the way that we play and, and all of that. So um, I kind of think it's like, just do something, just stay active. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like the reason I asked the question is because that's one of the only, one of the things I've struggled with ball hockey is that is, or at least, you know, in being, you know, a little bit older playing and feeling like I have to play differently because of my fatigue level, you know, mm -hmm. and that's obviously a lot of time, most of our experiences in the Ironman. So it's not a, mm. you're bound to get tired, but yeah. you're like, you miss <laughs> the days where like, you could just, you know, get like a shift and go back out there and be like a hundred percent and not be like, okay, should I go get that guy <laughs> or, yeah. Or, I'll, yeah. or should I follow the play or I'll just, you know, I'll just, I have to like hang back because, you know, to make it another yeah. hour or something. And that's, yeah. uh, I'm hoping is different because I, I, I'm in a lot better shape nowadays. We almost haven't, you know, we had COVID and all these different things. So I've worked out pretty extensively for a long time and haven't played ball hockey in a while. So I'm interested to see the hope is that I, you know, I don't know if you guys ever feel like that, but. Oh, always every shift. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, that's, yeah, yeah that's really like a great like analogy of what ball hockey is. It's like, what do I want to expend my energy on? Because everything you do, you're running, they're doing it. And then oh. not only are you running, you're going to engage in some kind of like strength thing to like get yeah. the ball or get someone off the ball. So yeah, I think it's a constant like decision process of like, what should I expend my energy on? And yeah, I think, you know, as we get older, you know, we're, we're a little older in the game and um, hopefully we're a little wiser with that too. And we can make, you know, smarter decisions rather than like running everywhere on the, on the rink, the whole. So one of our, one of our teammates has a new motto that, that maybe will help um, any, anybody listening or you guys um, it's uh, great athletes don't get tired. So just tell yourself that. Yeah. Tired, <laughs> tell yourself great athletes, great players don't get tired. So I forget who said that. That's like a famous quote from somebody. But um, but we're using it. We're taking it. So actually, like on Tuesday night, I looked over at our center. He looked exhausted, and I said, "Great players don't get tired." So <laughs> deep breath. Anyone? Uh, so <laughs> that's that's actually part of why Dan. Well, I do more. Danny got me into it. Danny was going to run a half marathon with his wife. So we made it a, a fundraiser for the rink. And awesome. I ran, I ran, awesome. I ran with them. And um, you guys, you know, Ian would can relate to this a lot with being an ice hockey player. Ice hockey training is a lot of sprint training, 40, 50 yes. yard dashes, 100 yeah. yard dashes. Yeah, so yeah. for me, you know, and I was, I was overweight. I was like, I needed something to get back in shape. And I just started running. And I've never been a long distance runner and, um, I, you know, trained hard and I, I did it and 
I love the mental grind of it though. Um, uh-huh. you know, the Danny and I are very big into that on doing things that are going to get us out of our comfort zone, yeah. even though, you know, I'm turning 40 at the end of the year and, um, you know, looking at that more as just a number and just, you know, like I said, it, it's been enjoyable, but, you know, playing ball hockey in the, in the outdoor championship, I was a little bit confused myself with what you guys are talking to talking about, because I'm like, okay, I have a set target weight that I believe is going to make me not have dad bod. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, I have a set weight that I need to be at that. I'm, I'm going to look what I want to look comfortable and all this. And then when I was playing ball hockey, I was like, okay, the endurance is there. The sprint factor is there. However, I didn't feel strong enough. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I was getting yeah. muscled yeah. off the ball a little bit. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, okay, back to the, back to the drawing board. Yeah. And again, what's more important, you know, non-dad bod versus bulky. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know what I want to look like. So <laughs> I'm like, I have to be, maybe I got to hit the, maybe, now it's back to, okay, I got to lift more weight as opposed to doing 15 reps of this. You guys, yeah, you yeah. guys get the point. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, totally. And, 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 and that's where it gets confusing a little bit. Yeah, it is. And I think like Beth was saying, you know, I'm a forward and I run like hell and Beth is a defenseman and she needs to be stronger and have that core and that, that, you know, lower yeah. body. Um, so we do train different things and, you know, I feel it too. Like if I'm a little heavier, I don't feel like I can run as fast. And so it's yeah. really like a trade-off, especially with that kind of stuff for me. Do I want to be a little bark bulkier and stronger? Or do I want to like be leaner and faster? And it's yeah. kind of, made me shift how I play my game too so totally that all, all that stuff comes into play and then when you're playing ice hockey it's like doesn't really matter right <laughs> like <laughs> right. there's a lot more tolerance for like the the weight and the, yeah 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 absolutely absolutely it's so true so um just like to speak to that real quick like Anne said I forget where we were last year but we were talking about playing in the Czech Republic and I said I'll be 10 pounds later when we play and she looked at me and she's like, are you crazy? And she's like, no way. And I'm like, no, I will be because I know that range. And I like, I'm kind of a freak about this. I don't think you need to get into this like level of detail with it, but like, I know the, the pounds and the like body fat percentage that I need to be at and the strength that I need to be at and like where I lose five to 10 pounds and that makes me faster, like significantly yeah, faster. Yeah, yeah. And so, but in order to get the strength up, I will bulk and then, and then drop the, you know, the weight, but keep the strength so that I've got the speed and, but that's a, for me, that's a hard place to stay year round. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's like, I train really specifically for specific events. Like I'm sure you guys are used to for the marathons, the triathlons, mm-hmm. all those things, you know? So it's like, it's kind of cool to have an event like knowing that worlds is coming up and know like yeah. okay I have what nine training. months to train yeah, it's very motivating like here's my plan yep interesting. So. interesting yeah i have not done a triathlon yet dan um i'd like to do one with dan uh at some point dan's a phenomenal swimmer um actually i'm not i'm yeah the swimming thing is what gets yeah, me about I'm the tries too covered. i just yeah, i just i everybody. don't don't want to get so intimidating so intimidating. i love swimming though people who don't i love never do like an ocean one versus a lake one or things like that you know so it's it's a kind of a there are big barriers um (laughs) and i think it's good that people are nervous when it comes to the water because there's like it's kind of like a lot of things but you know it's something that 
if you're really not good at or you're not prepared, whether it's with, you know, a wetsuit or different things like yeah. that, it can be a pretty dangerous oh, yeah. thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, they... But a, but a great goal for training, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Same with our thing. If you've got a try coming up, you're going to train because you don't want to be in pain that whole time or have something <laughs> yeah. happen in the swim. This way, uh, we do, well... I can't remember if we did it last year or not. We, uh, our parents have a place up in Maine and there's a beach, but, uh, almost a mile. Was it a mile, Dan? Yeah. Or it's like 0. 0.9 or something like 0. that. 0.9. So the 4th of July, when we're up there, that's usually the thing that we do. We swim it and we swim that cross and we have usually oh, nice. my stepsons or someone They're they're actually put canoes around us and then they <laughs> kayaks and they row to make uh -huh. sure that we're protected. So sure. it's been a while since Danny and I've done that together. Um, but uh, I try to do it at least once a year. And I, so I love being in the water anyway. I'm just, I'm not as fast a swimmer is. He's got a much better technique. So <laughs> I would, I will lie and say I'm negative buoyant, which is probably not true. <laughs> um, it's probably not true at all. But uh, it, it, that's definitely, like I said, we, again, I'm, we're big into finding that mental struggle where you have to push yourself to figure mm -hmm. out, okay, how do we, yeah. how, do yeah. we how do we get better? How do we overcome yeah. these things? And um, things like that so, well i guess that's kind of a question with uh, you know not necessarily like uh, you know i think one of the it's kind of i guess it's it's applicable to most sports but you know you know one of the values of sports is that mental grind like my wife and i do like i mentioned do orange theory she came from gymnastics i came from you know football hockey baseball and most of the time you know when they have these big special days like everest and all this stuff we look forward to those days because we're so mm -hmm. used to that mental grind and things yeah. like that. But I guess, you know, um, when it comes to people, I guess the pros and cons would be if you have too many people like that, do you guys ever see a scenario where like you almost, what would, I guess, tip the scales for, you know, an environment to be like too, like not hockey-y, but like, you know, too negative or something like that in terms of, you know, um, making sure that, you know, I think the good thing with our program is we're very, it's very, like, we want it to be competitive, but it's, we stress it for being fun. Which uh, is yeah, yeah, I, I get what you mean. Yeah. But when you have, like, adults getting involved, we've always stayed a weird, long before we, you know, had a, you know, have had a rink or anything, we've always, like, we were always yeah, yeah. running it, but we were like avoiding adults. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that that is that. a barrier, yeah. right? Like people are scared of like coming out and running. Um, you know, what's, what's cool about Beth's rank in the leagues they run, like we've got our Sunday leagues, which are like tier one, two, three and pretty competitive. And then we've got this Tuesday night league, which is a draft league. And so it's, um, a, you know, a range of skill, a range of ability. And that really like kind of makes it more, you know, more accessible, more comfortable for everyone. And I think it's like creating those opportunities. So it's not as scary, right? Whether it's, you know, it's scary because I'm nervous about being out of breath and like not being able to run or it's scary because I don't know anyone there and I, you know, don't won't yeah. have friends. So I think it's like finding ways to make it, you know, inviting and accessible to everyone is like what I know what Beth's been working on. Yeah, I think, thanks, Anne. I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's creating the opportunity in the space for anybody who wants to play at any level. And that's kind of the challenge is like, it's not a one size fits all thing. 
Um, so it's like the more opportunities that you can provide so yeah. that the people that want the super competitive, like really physical, have an opportunity to play that. But then the people who have never played before, yeah. who just want, or even people who have played, you know, there are people that have been playing their whole life and they're still at the level that they were, you know, 10 years ago. And they're probably mm -hmm. going to always be at that level. And they're perfectly happy there. Like they mm -hmm. deserve just as much of an opportunity to play as somebody who's trying to get better or wants to play at high, you know, so it's really I think being able to provide that range of like somebody who's new, wants to try, wants to play, somebody who wants the super competitive and then everything in between. Um, and it is, it's challenging to do that, but um, we just need more people. <laughs> and once we have more people and players, then we can fill all of those, yeah, all of those areas and divisions. Yeah. Mm. So um, it's when you have everybody trying to play together that I think it, it becomes really challenging. Um but, you know, the mental, the mental piece of it, like, I can't help but thinking, like, as, as you're talking about, like, the mental piece of it, of, um, of, like, our USA team, and, like, how the mental preparation, like, you guys asked about, like, preparation and training, you know, and there's, like, there's all the physical stuff that you have to do, but there's also all the mental stuff, you know, there's all of the, the mindset training, and I think that that's, that's a huge piece of sport in general that sometimes gets overlooked. And I don't think it's any different or I don't think it was any different for our team. Um, you know, the, just the mental aspect of how do you prepare to be ready, especially when you're playing on like a world stage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. yeah, absolutely. Well, I think this would be a good time to ask you guys this then. So in the tournament play, you guys went four and one, in round robin and the only loss came to canada which you know powerhouse team but then you guys faced them in the finals what was what was that like what was the mental preparation of preparing for a team that you hadn't beaten yet and the issue is pretty good oh <laughs> yeah so beth and i talked about about this ad nauseum together okay. um there's like some really special stories that kind of go along with all of these things. But I think just to like set the stage for that final game, you know, we played them in the round robin and um, we did have a strategy going into that game. Um, we had, the coaches had decided that we were going to play um, kind of this more passive four check. So we weren't going to be super offensive in our four check, more, play more of like a trap. And we, had practiced that in, in our camps and we, we, everyone knew how to play that system. And we executed that really, really well in that first game against Canada. Um, we were not aggressive, um, but it was, you know, intentional. Um, and we, we did end up losing that game. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, that, that playing Canada, it was very intimidating. I mean, you know, apart from all of the, the history that I know, um, just the U.S.-Canada rivalry of hockey in general yeah, is like so sure. great and so so meaningful to me. So so to play in the world stage against Canada, it just meant so much. So you know, I tried as much as I can to like clear that out of my mind and you know do what we had at hand. Um, but but you know, we lost that game and we played it very strategically to be um, pretty passive and and we didn't you know put go hard on the offensive on the forecheck very much at all. Um, so, you know, we, we knew we were going to meet them again in the final if we made it there. Um, and so before that final game, um, the coaches had made the decision to then switch from that very passive forecheck to a more offensive, a more aggressive forecheck. So the idea was 
they saw us play this entire game playing really passively. Let's go out there and like shock them fully right cool. away and like continually through the game, wear them down and see where that goes. Like we literally hadn't, I didn't, I felt really like kind of stifled that first game playing that trap four check. That's not how I play. I'm very aggressive. I four check hard. I want to play a two one all the time. So, so, so excited to go out there and like, of course, all of the energy and the excitement is like built up and you're, you're ready to go. Um, so we, we implemented that, you know, very offensive two one four check in that second game. Um, and yeah, I think Beth, I'll let you maybe tell some <laughs> story you want, uh, maybe, <laughs> um, about like how that the rest of that game went down. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, we weren't trying to lose the first game that we played against Canada. Obviously, that was not the intent or the goal. But at no point did we not believe or know that what we were there for was to win that final game. Like, that was our goal. That was our mission. That was what we were all, we were all there playing for each other, with each other for that. Um, and I go like this because as you're asking, like, what was the mental, like, mm. preparation like, you know, it's it's almost like, ooh, we've got them right where we want them. Because I have never seen coaching like this before, where the game plan was set all the way back at that yeah. first tryout where they picked the team. They built the team to be exactly what they wanted it to be and needed it to be to win. Because these coaches had all seen, they'd all been there before. Um, and not with the outcome that they had wanted. So they put a team together very strategically to play this very strategic game. And we all knew we had kind of a, a role and a, and a job to do, you know? So it was like, ooh, we've got Canada right where we want them because they're going to underestimate us. They've seen one style, but we know that's not what we can actually, we can do more than that. And um, I think what Anne was alluding to is we were missing a key player. Um, we had multiple times throughout the, the tournament that we faced tons of adversity. It was something that the coaches talked to us about even prior to going over to the Czech Republic of like, you're going to face adversity and what are you going to do in the face of it? So, you know, like we had our bus breakdown, we had um, ton, we had injuries, we had gold being called off. We had, you know, we lost the first game. We had rain to deal with, weather to deal with, like all these different things. Waiting and for buses for hours after the yes. game. There's just so much uncertainty and like no one had an answer. And it's just like, you just go with it. And, and yeah. that's they kind of told us to be ready for. Yeah. That's good so to we, know. We were totally just like, hey, this is going to happen. Now what? Like, what do you do with it? So, you know, like the mental preparation. But that last game, right before the game, one of our one of our key players, I mean, all of our players are key players because we're part of it. Everybody's part of the, the, the package, you know, everybody's part of the team. But um, Lauren Bracco got injured very early on in the tournament and wasn't able to play. Um, and we didn't think that she, we didn't know if she was going to be able to play like at all. And yeah. right before the, the, for the last game, um, before the final, we found out that she was, she was coming back to play. So it almost felt like this perfect sort of storm of all of our secret weapons, you know, like we had, we had this, we hadn't shown them everything. We had this great strategy. We had our player who was, you know, feeling better and, and able to play. Um, and she ended up being the first, first goal scored, yeah. scoring, yeah. scoring the first goal of the game and of the final. Yeah. Like you could not have written a better story for her. Like she got injured in like the second game we played and, and she was hurting. She was, she was in a lot of pain and she's 
honestly, probably the kindest person on that team, which is, says a lot of amazing women. And she was just <laughs> devastated. And I didn't think she was going to come back. And I was honestly skeptical when I like heard she was going to be playing. So she was our either second or third line center. And she's a flag football player. She's a big, powerful beast. And she (laughs) scored the first goal. And it was the most incredible, you know, that goal was the most incredible goal I've ever been a part of. Um, Then that wasn't even the winning goal. So um, Mm -hmm. it was just such a, a crazy, you know, full circle thing that happened that was it just, I think at that point, like everyone kind of knew what was going to happen. Um, we ended up um, scoring a second goal. I think it was like early in the second that got called off. Um, I think it was a player in the crease. That That's devastating, right? Like to go up two to nothing in a, in a championship game is, is so different than a one goal lead. Um, and then in like, I think later in the second, Canada scored and we played tied one-to-one for much of like the second and I think half of the third. Mm-hmm. It was a grind. There were, it got really physical. There were some really, you know, dirty plays on both sides. Um, the, this, it was such an incredible atmosphere. We had the Canada team uh, fans, the U.S. fans, both cheering kind of back and forth in this <laughs> sure. tiny town in the Czech Republic that like yeah. no one has ever heard of. Uh, it, yeah, it was such an insane, insanely special atmosphere. Um, but then, so yeah, we're tied three to three, sorry, one to one going into the third. And, um, we had, you know, four checked hard into their zone. I was in the corner with my center and we kind of coughed the ball up and it went to our, um, defenseman, um, Karen Levin, who is another one of our captains and just, the epitome of a leader um, on our team. And she kind of deked around, you know, the the wing that was covering her and shot and scored. And um, that was, I'm getting goosebumps now. That was the yeah. game. And it was, um, yeah, I think that was with maybe like three minutes left. So I don't have to tell you guys three how, minutes left. like what a nail biter those last three minutes were. Oh, yeah. So, we ended up, I think there was like 11 seconds on the clock with, a face-off in our zone, you know, Canada obviously pulls their goalie and they had at least three shots in the last Mm. 10 seconds of play. Um, And yeah, just, you know, was, and after that, it was, was there a timeout? Did coach call timeout? Did the staff call timeout for that late in the game and settle you guys down at all? Or I don't remember that, but I feel like on our end, like things were flowing so well, like, we just needed to carry it on. I think we didn't want any delay because, you know, then then they yeah. their breath or the momentum changes. That's like good. we most definitely had the momentum that game. And like, you know, we we through the masters, you know, that the whole tournament, one part of it that's really special is that you meet all these other teams. And we kind of got to know one of the Canadian men's teams and, and other teams as well. But you know, I'll I'll never forget one of the things they said to me after the game they're like you guys outplayed them the entire mm-hmm. like there was no question in anyone's mind Canada fan or U.S. fan like who deserved to win that oh, game and yeah. we did and and we executed um and it was yeah you know mm-hmm. the most awesome. special experience of in sports I've ever been a part of That's yeah awesome. yeah I don't I don't recall if they called a timeout but I do remember so clearly 
um, after that second goal was called off, you know, you're just instantly deflated. Yes. Yes. Been, the feeling like the sick pit in your stomach. Oh, yes. <laughs> And yeah. it's like, that could have been such a turning point yes. the other way. Um, but I remember so clearly coach saying, listen, like we knew this would happen. Like shit like this happens. And <laughs> we prepared for this. Like we've faced every single adversity that's been thrown at us all week long. This is just part of the game. Let's go out yeah. there and play our game. You know, yeah. win, your, win your battle, win your shift, win the game. And so it was like in that moment, everybody like, just took a deep breath. We were like, okay, we got this. And it was, we've got a job to do. Let's go do it. So, um, yeah, I have total like chills just thinking about it all. And That's to great. this day, so Ann and I went to quick side story. Ann and I went to a Kings game and we walked <laughs> in, we walked in, was it a Kings game or a Ducks game? It was a Kings game. We walked in and we were standing under the American flag and they were playing the anthem because we got there just a little bit late. So we weren't in our seats yet. And I looked up and I'm like, Anne, look, it was the first time we had, I had heard the anthem since being in the Czech Republic with Anne. I mean, of course I just started like bawling, which is unusual <laughs> for me, but it like took me right back to that moment awesome. because the other, you know, you just get so sick of hearing the other country's national anthem like year after year. So for us to stand there and like be part of that and have our anthem played and with all of our teammates, like there's nothing. Yeah. Much. Yeah. Incredible. What, what has been the response in the ball hockey world to you guys with it? I mean, I, from my perspective, looking at, you know, the, the found, you know, BC Hockey's foundation, the website, the Facebook page, you know, there's a lot of big things for you guys. The pictures were great. Um, Danny knows Larry Furman who was there. So Larry, Larry messaged me telling me that he was there, you know, and you know, I'm like, yeah, I saw your picture of you. Yeah. 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 You know, Larry's just, amazing. Man. Know, I love Larry. a big part of the team. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and Larry's been big supporter of, of young legends and glossy. He comes down and, you know, okay. and he's, so he messaged me and I, I said, I didn't know you're out there. And he said, oh yeah, I didn't know. I think it was like two weeks before we, yeah, like, yeah, going. he got so, the call up. Um, yeah. You guys also, uh, it's a wonderful picture. Uh, this is where Danny mentioned me trying to show these pictures during the podcast. Uh, <laughs> There's a nice picture of you guys in your unis um, on the surfboards, which is, you know, which we've well done. <laughs> yeah. um, but how do you guys, like, what was the reception like for this? Well, for you guys in this. Beth, you can one? go ahead. Um. You know, it's it, the reception like that day, the reception, the rest of that week, the reception coming home, even the reception now, like it's awesome. It To me, it's an opportunity though. Like it's a thing that, you know, we sort of embrace it and enjoy it, but also we're looking to next year already. Um, but we're also looking to say like, how can we, sort of capitalize on this to help grow the game? How can we capitalize on this to help support women and youth in sport? Like how can we, how can we really use this to help grow our sport, whether it's the NBHL or USABH or PCH, like, you know, whatever it is. Um, so, you know, it's, um, I think it's a really big deal that the women's team and that it was the master's team um, were the team that brought home the first gold. Um, it's just, I don't know if I can put words around it, but, um, 
you know, we're the old ladies and we did, it. We did something that we don't know that anybody thought we could do. Um, and this definitely is not going to be the last time that the U.S. brings home the gold for any of the, the U.S. national teams. So um, I just think it's a really, really amazing thing that we were able to set this sort of like standard yeah. precedent, you know, amazing like sort of marker in history. And, and hopefully it just continues. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we we really do want to use this going forward. And I think that there's a lot we can do with it and that maybe we haven't done yet. So so we definitely want to we want to do that and work on that. Um, I think, you know, Carl, a little closer to home um, during the tournament, the the support we got from family, friends, you know, people mm -hmm. we haven't spoken to for years, it was overwhelming. You know, Beth and I. Mm -hmm be playing the same league at PCH and some of the people that, you know, would text us about the games, we'd be like, oh my gosh, like yeah. watching and be like, they were watching, yeah, like knew who I was. And it was <laughs> like, people do care and people look up to us and, you know, they don't probably express that every day and, and no, why would they? But, you know, it was really humbling and really amazing to see the outreach that, that, you know, that we got and the support we got um during the tournament and after like it's mm -hmm. yeah that you feel so much more more lucky and special to to be able to do that and play that and it added you know a little bit of stress but you know I think in in a good way yeah people always talk about um like you hear people talk about role models and like kids having somebody to kind of you know, look up to in sports. And I look at our team and I think like, wow, we're a real diverse group of women, um, diverse backgrounds, diverse um, culturally, ethnically, you know, and it's just, it's awesome to me because every woman has a story of what brought her there, what, you know, keeps her there. Um, and so I would love but nothing more than for those stories to be told so that people, younger people can look up to and say like, oh, that, that can be me. Cause there isn't one path to get there. You know, there's, there's many different paths. Um, and it's, it's available if, if they want it. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, one of the things that has been impressive to me is that, um, even ice hockey is not there. I mean, I'm sort of correct this, but when you play ice hockey, um, Danny and I played select hockey, which is, you know, you could play with a kid that lives 50 miles from where you are. You yeah. guys play together and off you go. And then you play for your town. Yeah. One thing that I think is very unique about the ball hockey world is there's a sort of closeness that you learn to appreciate. Um, like even some guys from that we interviewed for the outdoor, outdoor classic in the seat, this is the novice division talking about guys getting together to practice their, you know, their power play, little things like this. I mean, you know, um, getting ready for a tournament. And one of the things that I've been really impressed with, with USA ball hockey is I was fortunate to go to Buffalo and see the future stars event. And I will share this. I, I was fortunate enough to be a part of team Massachusetts ice hockey um, growing up. And like every summer we trained together, we, you know, I was in North Shore. There was a lot of kids from the South Shore. It was, just, it was a South Shore program because they chose a rink down there. So we did a lot of traveling. But having the Future Stars event, I think, is huge from the standpoint is, is that you have these, these young women, young men coming together. If they stay with the game, creating friendships, you know, mm -hmm. like you guys coming together at a camp, 
mm-hmm. three or four times a time. These kids are already getting to know each other at the time. They're 12 all the way up till they're, you know, they're adults that, you know, there could be a, a, a very, very bright future mm-hmm. for these kids playing the game. And that's something that Corey Horsk and I had talked about when we were, when we were constructing our rink. I want you guys to know we had no idea about this world. Zero. I mean, we knew we knew of Lemonster because we drove by it on the way to an ice hockey game. But we didn't know the 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 concepts of even floating blue versus you know red if you play deck. And my my point of this whole spiel though is is that um Corey's point is if you're gonna build a rink, build it to a size where a kid is growing up playing the rules that maybe someday you can play at an mm. international level. And mm. so we, we, we went to 160 by 80, you know, and, you know, it's, but I, I just feel like there's a great model there that not everybody's going to get to the level you guys are at, you know, not everybody's going to get there. I'm, I hate to be the bare bad news, but <laughs> you could still have a lot of good memories growing up playing mm. at that. I don't know if you got, you guys have not been to Buffalo, I'm assuming, but it's a phenomenal facility it's fun. It's, it's, uh, it's, they had the Chicklets Cup there, by the way. I don't know if you guys follow those guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a great facility. And, but I think just what they're building with, hey, I know the kid from Team New York. Mm-hmm. I'm playing against him, but maybe someday we're teammates and, you know, things like this. So I think that's a great yeah. model where you guys. Agreed. Agreed. And I think, you know, one of the things that Beth and I have talked about out here is like getting the kids like involved earlier, right? So they can you know, learn earlier and maybe get involved in those like regional or national things, because that really is what's going to bring them to the next level. And yeah, creating those relationships across state or whatever is so important. Absolutely. So what was the best part about it other than winning? Was the food good? I got to add. No, the food was amazing. Like, yeah, the food oh, good. Was yeah, it was. Yeah, I I wasn't expecting. I've been there before, but I wasn't really expecting. We had, we found this little Italian restaurant like a block from our hotel, and we were there like three times, four times, and <laughs> the bill, and it would be like forty dollars, and we'd had like a three course meal and a glass of wine, everyone, and we we're like yeah. ridiculous. It's so cheap, but I mean, I think the like the atmosphere the 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 chance to be in these like these little rinks in these tiny towns outside of the Czech Republic out of sight of Prague um just like nothing like it, it was like a, a dream world like this one rink was like in a, this um grassy kind of like bowl I got to see pictures of it pub and they had a you know a t- yeah. they eggs there and they <laughs> had steins out on like <laughs> where are we like this it was just it was surreal and I think the the bonding that you have you know with the other teams and the people there it's just such a special environment that you feel lucky to be there and everyone is just kind of happy and, and you know so grateful so um but you know the, the the team and the the relationship and the um special bond that i have with these women that we won this turn this championship with are you know i don't think anything that i'll ever top and for me that's i think the, the biggest yeah awesome Awesome. how about you beth any oh well like ditto to everything ann said um i it's the food was amazing the place we stayed was really interesting um you just always (laughs) all of these other like random stories right that are with you memories that you're making with all these people and um you know one of the things that i love about ball hockey i think you sort of said this carl it's like 
it brings together people from all like walks of life, sort of, you know, you end up meeting people that you would probably never know otherwise. Um, and these types of international tournaments are just like that. You know, you end up meeting people from all over the world. So Marhefka happens to be a Czech name. Is it so okay? I was looking, I was looking on both of the Czech men's and women's teams for some for another Marhefka. Because I wanted to exchange jerseys. I thought that would have been really cool. That's there cool. was no Marhefka, but the Great Britain team had a Marhefka. Like, really? how random is that, you know? <laughs> so um, there's all these other, like, weird, fun things that happen. But, um, you know, also having been part of it, having been, like, blessed to be part of it over a course of years, you end up sort of meeting people. And then you see them two years later, four years later. And so that's pretty cool, too, is, you know, the friends and the memories that you make with your teammates, but then also how the ball hockey community just even grows like exponentially because you end up meeting all these other people internationally. From like Anne said, you know, you bond with people from other teams, um, and so that's that's like a super fun, really cool experience and and part of the part of the whole week also. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, I asked you guys about the food. I mean, Danny Danny's been to Paris, which he can tell you about. But uh, my senior year of, of prep school my team went to Russia for a tournament. Um, a lot of people would disagree that we should have been playing in our own country for scouts purposes, but I would disagree with that. So we went to Moscow for over Thanksgiving break because uh, in prep school, you get the whole week off as opposed to a couple mm -hmm. days. So we were basically jet lag when we arrived in, in, in mm -hmm. Moscow. And the coach basically said, he goes, listen, don't go to sleep. You know, let's try to get on their time as quickly as possible. I said, all right, yeah. deal. So we were starving. We were starving. So nothing is open. And uh, they were really big on Fanta, Fantas or whatever those things are. So <laughs> like, that's what we were, you know, just to get some sort of horrible nutrition. That's what we got. Yeah. So when we, when we arrived in Russia, they told us that like, listen, you know, we're going to have two translators go with you guys everywhere. So they're going to uh. be with you and don't talk to anybody. So fine. <laughs> so we get on this old bus and mm. we get we get to the hotel and it was really cool because people knew the the tournament was a Tretiak Cup, which is the old USSR goalie and it was his tournament. Mm. So we got a we got a police escort to the hotel. So we get to the hotel, we're drinking Fanta, and we're you know, coach says you gotta stay up. And then all right, the next morning we go down for breakfast and we're so hungry. All of us are like, you know, so hungry, and we get this unbelievable spread, just just food <laughs> everywhere. The hotel, like you guys said, it was this massive place. We had a view yeah. of the Kremlin across, and uh, <laughs> we're like, look at all this great food. One bite, and we're like, yeah, this isn't home. And, uh, <laughs> and that, in those days, I was a very, very picky eater. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, wow, this is just not what I'm expecting. Horrible food. So so half our team is like, yeah, I can't stand it. The one kid's like, yeah, this is delicious. You know, and <laughs> always, you know, yeah. there's always that one guy, right? So yeah. I'm like, what are we going to do? So I, I kid you guys not. I kid you guys. What we got for free every meal was vouchers to McDonald's. So, <laughs> so, so uh, coach goes, well, you know, we got to, we got to have, we're going to have early morning practice. The only practice we're going to get all week. So we're going to have, and then we'll go, we'll go eat again. So I fed on like this little bread type thing and I was still starving, but anyway, so the translators, there's two young women. They go everywhere with us. They have to because we don't, you know, we don't speak the language and nothing. I mean, without them, we're lost. So we get on this old rickety bus. You get a police escort to the rink. We have our practice. And then it's McDonald's time. And we're thinking, you know, U.S. McDonald's. You guys know what it's like. In Russia, mm -mm, it's like top of the line. So 
Yeah, I kid you not. You go into a uh, uh, McDonald's in Moscow. I don't know what it's like today with all the sanctions <laughs> and all that stuff, but you would go in there and <laughs> it would tell the translator what you wanted. She'd get it for you. You get your lunch or breakfast, whatever it was at this time. It doesn't matter. I kid you not, three times a day for a week, I ate at McDonald's <laughs> and uh, it was delicious. And <laughs> so, I so anyway, do that anymore, but <laughs> I couldn't do that anymore. I, 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 I die very quickly here. <laughs> Like get bigger. Um, so what they do though is they give you a nice tray and you go and you sit down, but you are not allowed to throw your food away. It's an insult. Mm -hmm. So we mm -hmm. learned very quickly. And for someone like me who's very self-sufficient, you know, I'm very, you know, my, my kids are the same way, you clean up after yourself. This was like a big thing at McDonald's. Like you could not do that, like where hmm. you get the death stares from these people that were working there. And uh, but I had McDonald's every day. The only thing we did, we did, we did find a piece pizza place, but it was not, it was not good. It was not good. Um, and we we drank so much soda over the course of that week. Uh, I can't, but anyway, and I don't know how Paris was, Danny, but I, Moscow. I don't want to get. It was a it was a great trip, but that camaraderie, that team building exercise. Yeah, I mean, we had, we had some time. fun. We had some fun experiences. We had we had a peanut butter uh, search that went on for at least a day. Uh -huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that was successful. But yeah, like oh, good. Good. we're texting. Did you find peanut butter? <laughs> and like, you can't find it. Yeah. Why don't they have bananas? Yeah. So it was, yeah. there was, and that, that is a bonding thing, right? Like going through that together. And one of the fun, funny things, like I'm thinking about, like kind of one of the adversity things we came across is the ranks we were playing on were not covered. And so we had rain a couple games. Sure. And, mm -hmm. um, I meant to ask about that one of the, you know, we, we needed a solution to like, you know, overcome the, the slippery deck. And I, me and another girl, we went to uh, several hardware stores just within walking distance from yeah. our, our hotel <laughs> to try to find like adhesive. We bought sandpaper. We're like sandpapering the bottom of our shoes, putting it because really... like, we didn't have any other options. Um, Did it work? Uh, a little bit. So yeah. Actually, Napper like totally capitalized on this. They came yes, in they did. I heard. And there and they had water the, their water, their you know, waterproof or water shoes. And I think like, you know, probably 20 people from the Canadian and the USA team had those in like the last game. Like so nice. they did well. But um <laughs> shout out to awesome. Napper. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, all, all sorts of fun things like that that you know, diversity and you know, experiencing yeah. a new country and navigating a new country that like bond you right and yeah. um i think that was what was one of the things that made being in the czech republic so special because we were there on our own and we were like okay we were in this together and you know if it were in a place like you know canada or the u.s like everyone can get around and maybe there's more family there and you're doing your own thing but we really were this like you know this tight group and we only had each other and mm -hmm. yeah that's it awesome. that much more special that's awesome mm -hmm. yeah Thanks for listening to Russia stories too, by the way. There's more up there. <laughs> Unusual. Um, <laughs> well, the one that I always remember is you always said that people, there was kids asking for your autograph because they thought that you might be going to the, you know, NHL eventually. Danny's actually would bring this up. I mean, like none of, none of my teammates, like we played at a high division one prep level, but none of us were, were being recruited for like D1, our team. Our team was pretty good, but we didn't have any like any our goalie uh, was being kind of recruited by one of the NHL teams, but I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't even go that far. Cause, um, but when we, this is a, this is what was just mind blowing to me because 
I ended up having a good tournament over there where I scored a few goals. I led our team in points and I would get off the ice and my teammates, you know, we'd all walked. You, they would literally, you would have all these rushing kids that your age <laughs> just lining up yeah. to want you to give them something like so a funny. stick or like, and huh. you know, at one point, like there were these girls that would would follow you to the dressing room only to have like a police officer start to like, you know, wow. like tell you, oh, wow. you know, and um, it was a very like, I just think these people thought that we were all going to go to the NHL when none of us were. <laughs> and in fact, just just how crazy this was is we got our asses kicked by the by the Russian National Army team. Okay, so it's not like like we weren't they beat us good. So it wasn't it beat us really well. So it wasn't like we were the studs yeah. there. You know what I mean? But it was still a great atmosphere. But yeah, Danny's right. I kind of kind of buried some of that because yeah, these be <laughs> kinds of people. Like but a lot of the young, like the little kids, the little little boys and girls, they were like, you wanted you to give them something like I can't give you this, you know, like oh. and the the sticks they used, I mean even though some of these Russian kids, I'm like, how do you play? Like we all uh, have these fancy yeah. synergies. Yeah, yeah. Syn I'm dating myself now, but yeah, we're like, how are you guys beating us with these sticks that are just the, basically the wooden, wooden sticks. You know what yeah. I mean? And I mean, this is 03 now. So this is, yep. now I'm really dating myself or 02. <laughs> so, but it was a great experience. And, and uh, I'm, I feel privileged that I got a chance to go over there and play there. I mean, I, I want to say that this was right around the time. This was before. I think Ovechkin was already in the NHL, I think, or he was, he was so, so close, but I, you know, I, there were some really, really good quality skaters and players over there. And we did, we did win a few games too, but uh, we got our, we got handed <laughs> to a few, but uh, yeah, good old, good old Russia. I wouldn't recommend going there now, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, with everything, right you know, yeah. but it was, it was a good experience for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't miss that stuff, I guess, anymore. Dan's been in Paris, so he can tell you that was a good experience, right? Well, I mean, yeah, it's just not really, you know, uh, related related in a Walkie sense. It was just, yeah, I just, you know, did French in high school, you know, it was an opportunity to go for like a week or nine days and stuff. So, um, yeah, it was. I'd love to go back just because, you know, there's so many historical things to go to and stuff so that's basically what we did non-stop was just went and traveled with like our tour group and stuff like that so mm -hmm. um it wasn't hockey related but was a lot of fun we and, had we had several women that hadn't been abroad and i think it was like re really a special experience for them because of that so you know what an, what an amazing you know thing for hockey to be able to offer them you know the chance to see somewhere else so Mm -hmm. absolutely amazing we, thing about the whole experience we want to go to bermuda that's where we want to go so yeah i know that's where i want the guys, tournament to be again so. i know beth has been there so dan's always yeah. like if, you know yeah we didn't play there, there. Yeah. he's been there but he's like i don't know if his wife would you know i don't know if my wife would really want <laughs> to go see ball hockey <laughs> Dan in bermuda but especially <laughs> my wife you know i'm not doing that <laughs> Well, she wouldn't. My wife would go to Bermuda. She wouldn't attend the game. Yeah, she would. Work. That's a vacation to Bermuda. Like go to a spa type of thing. Yeah, well, exactly. You know. Yeah, we're still hoping it's there one year in the future. I don't know. It's not there, but maybe the next one. How they were they were amazing hosts, so uh, we would gladly go back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's and where, where did you guys finish in that tournament? Was that you guys have come close? So this is not silver. Lost silver. To Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you get so close. So, um, yeah. so, 
So I can just sort of wrap. Is there anything else you guys want to share about that trip that I'm not asking or I'm missing? Is there, you know, I thank you for reliving it, by the way. I mean, oh, it's, it was great. It's, it's special <laughs> for us to hear it, um, you know, and give you guys an outlet to even share this story. So. Mm-hmm. No, we appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, thanks. It's it's awesome to think about it. Like you walk away from it and there are things that remind me of it sort of, you know, here and there. Um, but you don't really get to share in a whole lot of detail or look back and, you know, even like reflect on it. So thanks for the opportunity. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just such a special experience. Um, I think, you know, the team, the team was incredible. And I give the coaches a lot of credit for that, for bringing together a team um, that was built not just based on skill or talent, but based on character. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was such a huge part of it. Um, and it, like I said, like every woman has a, has a really unique story and Absolutely. to share all of them would be amazing. But um, it was unlike any team that I've ever played on before. Um, just such a special experience. Yeah. So thanks for bringing us yeah. on to talk about My it a little pleasure. bit. My pleasure. It was yeah, I, I hadn't talked to you in a while, Beth, and, and you texted me, which was, it was nice to hear from you. And I was, um, you know, with the, with the podcast, with everything that went on with Outbreak last year, Dan and I just were overwhelmed with, that's a, that's a story in itself with um, some of the things that we went up against and what we weren't expecting. You guys mentioned adversity. There was a, there was a lot of it that came our way last year as we're getting so close to the end, um, you know, little things like inflationary prices and things like this yeah. so you just you mm-hmm. don't expect it but um so it was great for you to reach out to me and and uh uh i was watching from afar i i would watch the games but i, I were they broadcast at all i i tried to find it was streamed yeah but streamed. they were always super early like yeah. 2 a.m well i guess that was 4 a.m yeah. 4 a.m like, yeah so and I, we yeah. I, I was pleased because larry messaged me i already knew you won so I already had known, you know, you know, Laz, I got my medal and everything. I'm like, yeah, I know. I saw, I, like, I saw a picture. I think it was Terry Milby that had already posted the picture. I'm like, I, I saw you. I knew you won, but it, I'm, yeah. you know. I'm, oh, you know, and I mean, we should so. give a shout out to Terry. Like, it was so amazing having her there to, like, document some of this stuff. And she's mm-hmm. an amazing artist. Um, I'm so great. Everywhere photos that I have like she captured that game-winning goal that Karen scored in the in the gold medal game and like mm-hmm. that, well that's something that, that will never I'll never be able to recreate so she's she was so supportive and you know was feeding us pictures right away so yeah really that's nice awesome over there I I hope people will check that out too on USA Ball Hockey's website is there anywhere else where where we can get more information about you guys by the way I meant to ask um because there's a, some great pictures of you guys a team photo I I think it's the both of you, uh, you know, and you're on Beth's shoulders. Yeah, there's a picture out there like that. Uh, yeah. we, we do that. I think I the that. link to the game is on the USAB website yeah. still. Okay. So I'll check um, it out. Yeah. I'd like to like to rewatch. I haven't. Yeah, like, watch I the third period. Like the third period it. is yeah, um, if you got yeah. limited time. Yeah, haven't watched exciting. it. I yeah. I'd like to sometimes like I said usually I go to YouTube and I find a lot of old games <laughs> um and and you know I wouldn't say I watch a lot of it but anymore I don't have the time but it's definitely you know congratulations to both of you guys so oh thank you, you know. thank you um so sort of to wrap up is there any Beth is there any way people get in touch with you as well for Pacific Coast and things like this well, yeah um yeah. you can check out our website pacificcoasthockey.org or you can email me at Beth 
at PacificCoastHockey.org. Um, and I'm open to chatting with anybody about anything hockey related. Um, I also sit on the board of the United Women's Ball Hockey Foundation, um, founded by Alessandra, yep, and, and a bunch of other amazing women, including Karen and Jay, and um, Larry sits on that board Larry, also, yep. so, um, you know, shout out to them, that's another way to get involved. So for people looking to get involved in ball hockey in general, you know, United Women's Ball Hockey Foundation has opportunities it lists all the opportunities across the country where women can play in either women only leagues co-ed leagues or you know with the guys um usabh.com obviously and then locally yeah pacificcoasthockey.org is is our local information for anything kids or adult related in southern california awesome Awesome. Well, great work. Great work out there. I mean, I know this is a long time coming to you. We believe it or not, we met with Empower Play a couple of years ago, but we were pretty deep in the process where, you know, <laughs> we didn't really, it wasn't really work, but I, I know they're trying to build up these rinks. So you guys done a great job out there and great job winning and putting it on mm -hmm. the map. And um, I'm very proud of, we had one, we had one girl from our program, um, Anna Parsons, who played in Buffalo this year. And I was telling her that you guys had, you know, She's in high school now, but I had told her dad that you guys had won, check it out and uh, things <laughs> like that. So I, I, you know, I hope that more people get in the game. That's something we're going to be doing. And by the way, speaking of UWs is that um, we're planning on having them come out and do a clinic for all females and, and uh, youth awesome. and women, because we have, uh, what's amazing, we just posted our first thing saying we're going to have a spring, spring division with women. I was blown away by the women's response. So, uh, you know, the local youth hockey moms wanted to have a team mm. and I'm like, <laughs> this is what, this is, you know, cause I feel like Danny will tell you this too. It's kind of like this underserved group of people. Totally. You know I mean? yeah. So, and, um, mm -hmm. you know, moms, moms go out there, show, show their sons. Yep. They can, they yep. can do it too. Get them so, out there. um, so, so thank you guys. And Dan, any last thoughts before we wrap up now? Uh, no, yeah, just to reiterate, um, congrats, congratulations to you guys and thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. You know, I think that, you know, we're all trying to do the same thing. We're all trying to grow the game, you know, getting, you know, on this podcast and just, you know, getting the word out there um, is super helpful and it's super fun to get all these different stories and things like that. So we just appreciate your time and uh, thanks for coming on thank you of yeah. course thank thanks you guys happy to be here yeah so i think we're going to be back next month danny with uh matt and um dave dave norton uh to talk mbhl boston that's the that's the game plan on my schedule but uh hopefully you guys come back soon we, we can chat again maybe we can talk more about russia no <laughs> no Gotta, nobody wants to hear about that <laughs> but we do want to hear more about the czech republic because that was great so uh thank you and thank you beth and, thank uh, you guys thank you guys, guys next time oh by the way napper event. napper i hope they reach out to you guys now telling about their shoe i had a nice meeting with those guys do you know them by any chance yeah we're in contact yeah. Mar martine and uh jf jf yeah they were bragging yeah. about that shoe so. yeah. <laughs> hey, it worked it did work it i will did, admit so. Everyone will, was surprised. Good, good guys. So, all right. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, guys. Right. Thanks. Thank Bye. You. Bye.